Well, good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Isn't it a great day to be in the house of the Lord? Stand to your feet. Let's worship the Lord regardless of how you're feeling this morning. Aren't you glad that we don't walk by how we feel, but we walk by faith? So today we're going to give God our best praise. We're going to give him the highest praise, which is hallelujah. For this is the day that the Lord has made, and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. So come on, Cathedral of Faith. Let's give God a hallelujah. Ha <laughs> 
sometimes when we come into these spaces I know we start with a song and but sometimes maybe we just think on the surface like we just it's time to sing a song but there's something deeper that's going on as we're singing these things I hope it all of us can re, re, reacquaint ourselves with not just what we do but why we do it why we do it we come here because we need to convince ourselves once again that he is worthy he is good he is he always says he is He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he hears us when we call his name. That prayer does matter. Our words do matter. Our faith does matter. And sometimes we need to stand in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the mystery, and say, hallelujah anyway. Hallelujah, I can't see the way out, but I know it's coming. Hallelujah, I don't have the answers all just yet. I don't have the healing just yet. I don't have the breakthrough just yet, but hallelujah anyway. Hallelujah anyway. So Father God, as we are gathered here in this place, would your spirit come in power? Would you move in our midst, God? Would you take us beyond the song and into your presence? 
God, may these lyrics be alive to us today. May they open and enlighten us to a deeper dimension of who you are and the promise and the hope that we have in you. Let our faith become bigger in this place. And may our hallelujah become louder in this place. God, we love you. God, none of this matters without you. None of this matters without you. It's just a bunch of noise. But when you step into the room, when you step into the moment with us, everything changes. Give us that kind of picture today. Give us that kind of belief today. We're not just singing to make noise, but we're touching the heart of the Father. We're changing realities in our situation as we call upon the name of the Lord. We love you. We put our faith in you and in you alone. And all of God's people shouted in this moment, amen and amen. Can, one more time, can we put our hands together? Come on, let's call upon the name of the Lord together. How many would say by the raising of your hand that you need God in your life right now? Come on, this is, this is for you.
cathedral, call upon the name of your Lord right now. Lift your voice, lift your praise, yeah. As you heard your children then, you hear your children now. You are the same God. You are the same God. Sing it with us. You answered prayers back then, and you will answer now. Because you are the same God. That's it. You are the same God. You were providing then. You are providing now. You are the same God. Yes. Come on, you moved. Call your name, yeah. Jesus. 
Let that be your prayer right now as we say it one more time. Come and fill me Holy Spirit, that is our prayer in this moment. Come and fill me again. Thank you for your faithfulness, Father. Lord, I pray that this beautiful, powerful calmness of your presence would be upon your people in this moment. So many people right here need a touch from you. They need a miracle. They need a breakthrough. They need a word. Lord, I pray right now in this moment would be that moment for them. Come and fill us again, Father. We thank you for what you've done in years past, but we need you now again. We need you now. We need you every day every moment, every hour. So Father, right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you move in the room? Would you move in our life? Would you move in our situations? Would you move in our city? Would you move in our country? Would you move in the earth? The world needs hope now, like never before. God, we call upon the God of hope in this moment. God, our relationships need healing. Our marriages need healing. We call upon the God who heals marriages and restores relationships. God, our children need salvation. We call upon the God of salvation. We call upon the Savior in this moment. God, somebody needs a direction. They need to know which way to move. God, we call upon the God who gives direction and who orders the steps of the righteous. God, we pray, we pray, we pray, we pray. We didn't come to just hear. We've come to pray, God. We've come to call upon the name of the Lord. We've come to see you save families. Save families, God. God, we pray for revival, rain to fall upon our parched land of our hearts, God. Lord, soften us once again to your presence and to your word. We need you, God. Deliver us from thinking we've been there and we've done that. We haven't been here before. We've never been this way before, God. We need you now. We need you now. So God, I pray for this service. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint our pastor and the word that you've given him. God, I pray, Lord, that the, the delivery and the proclamation of your word would complete the work for which it was sent. God, thank you for this gathering. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us a hunger and a thirst for more of you and more of you and more of you. We love you. We bless you. And our prayer is come and fill me again. Come and fill us again. In the mighty name of Jesus, we raise a hallelujah. We raise a hallelujah. We raise a hallelujah.
raise a hallelujah. We raise a hallelujah. Before we get the answer, we raise a hallelujah. Before we get the healing, we raise a hallelujah. In the middle of the mystery, we raise a hallelujah. In the middle of the chaos, we raise a hallelujah. In the middle of San Jose, we raise a hallelujah. In the middle of San Jose, we raise a hallelujah. In the middle of San Jose, we raise a hallelujah. Oh, Cathedral of Faith, it's good to see you. It's good to be with you. I believe God has already done and will continue to do some amazing things right here. Do you believe me? Do you agree with me? Welcome, this is Cathedral of Faith where everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, the love is lived out and everything is because we serve the same God that we read about in scripture, the same God yesterday, today and forever. That's who we serve, that's who we worship today. And before we're seated, come on, one more time, uh, the loudest hallelujah that we can muster in the presence of God. Hold on, wait a minute. I forgot where I was. <laughs> welcome, Cathedral family, and a special welcome to our first-time visitors. If you are a first-time visitor, please scan the QR code, text the number that you see on the screen, or visit one of our volunteers after service. We will love to connect with you. We are in the middle of our new series, Cathedral at the Movie. Stop by our photo booth located in the lobby after service. Take a picture and tag us on all our social media platforms. Who knows? This may be your big break into stardom. Thanks to everyone who came out for our concert this weekend, Music Under the Stars. We had a blast. We have another event coming up soon that you do not want to miss. One of our amazing church members owns her very own floral design business called Flora Haven Studios. She is hosting a flower design workshop right here on campus in the amphitheater on Saturday, August 20th. You'll have the opportunity to learn flower design from a personal and professional florist and create your very own beautiful flower centerpiece to take home. You can register online at cathedraloffaith.org slash events. Well, Cathedral family, that wraps up our announcements for today. Follow us on all our social media platforms, visit our website, and call the office for more information. We are a church where anything is possible, and the love is definitely lived out. Until next time. Bye. Ah, uh, thanks, Anquisha. Well... Good morning, Cathedral family, all of you here on campus, those watching online, it's great to be together, amen? amen? Well, hey, last night, we had such an amazing time out in the amphitheater. We had music under the stars, Jessica, Rita, Tommy, Joey, we had an amazing time of just enjoying each other, enjoying a beautiful summer night, and thanks to everybody who came out, and for those of you who missed it, you missed it. Isn't that right? Where's our dance line over here? We had a great time. 
Uh, we had food trucks. In fact, we have food trucks today. After service, there's tacos and quesadillas and shaved ice out there. And the purpose of that, you can stick around, meet some other people, interact, let God work in you in a special way. A lot of ministry happens in those kind of moments. In fact, you might wonder, why do you guys have music like that out there? Why do you have flower design? Let me tell you. You have friends. You have family members. You have neighbors who would never come on a Sunday morning. But they might come to a flower design class. They might come to a concert. We have these opportunities so that you can bring friends and families, and who knows, that might be the door that opens up for them to receive Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, coming up in just a few weeks on August 20th, we have a very special workshop. Now, how many of you ever thought, oh, if I could just find the one? Don't raise your hands. Oh, I saw that hand. If I could just find the one. But you know, before we find the one, it's about becoming the one. When we become the one God wants us to be, then I think we'll know who we're looking for and God will bring that about. And so we're having what's called a true identity workshop. The Becoming the One team, Leon and Salome wrote, who wrote the book on that, they're gonna be having this true identity workshop. Slides coming up on the screens right now. So you can see that, that August 2.30 to 5.30, you can go to Eventbrite to sign up. It's gonna be a powerful moment. Again, go to Eventbrite and look for true identity workshop. Well, next week, something really amazing happens. I need you to help me out. Everybody go like this. Go like this. Good, you're in. Oh, how fun. Hi, Callie. How are you, girl? Yeah. This is Callie Martin, her mom, Christina and Kyle, and her brother Carson, they're part of our church family. Say hi. The reason I had you practice is next week the nursery opens. Won't that be a special time? So, weren't these wonderful days? And just think, without having to go through birth, without having to get up at two in the morning, you could come on Sunday mornings and just do this. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. So here's how you do that. You sign up by going online to the church website. We'd love to have you join us next week so that all these precious little babies from zero to two will have someone to show them the love of God. Amen? You were so good. Say bye to everybody. Everybody say bye, Callie. Oh, how fun. Say, so I've got you hooked, right? You're going to be there next week? Oh, thanks, Christina. How fun. Yeah, bye-bye. How fun is that? So, yeah, you can be part of that next week. If you have friends and family who haven't been around a while because they have babies and there's the, the nursery's been closed due to COVID, we're opening back up and we'd be glad to have them. Well, I want to share a passage of Scripture with you right now, but before I do, I need to ask a question. Are you ready to clap? Are you ready to cheer? Here we go. It's time for the offering. All right, very good. Well, there's a passage of Scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 14 that says this. It says, the purpose of tithing is to teach us to always put God first in our lives. That's why the Bible includes teaching about tithing and giving. 
In fact, everything we do here at Cathedral is for that purpose. The reason we're having service this morning is so when you hear the word of the Lord, when you worship, you'll put God first. He just won't be in your back pocket or in the trunk of your car or the back seat. He'll actually be in the driver's seat to put him first. And God says that's the purpose of tithing. So it teaches us to put God first. Now I have to admit, most of us, it's pretty hard to let go of money, isn't it? I mean, once it's in your pocket, once it's in your bank account, it's like, oh, I don't know. But I need to tell you something. For some of us, four times a year. For some of us, 26 times a year. For some of us, 52 times a year, we get a paycheck. And we have this little part that says federal, state. You put that in, again, some people put it in four times a year, some people put it in every week, some every other week. We all put it in, right? And you may or may not get anything back come April of the next year. But here's my guarantee. In Malachi chapter three, here's what God says when you put into the kingdom. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Test me, you guys, test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there won't be enough room to store it. Do you hear that? God says, test me, you give to me, and I guarantee I will pour out the blessings of heaven in ways you, IRS, you may or may not get anything back. But in the kingdom of God, when you place your giving. So whether you give online, whether you text the number on the screen, whether you go to our app, whether here on campus you give it to the ushers at the end of service, or those of you at home, you write a check and mail it in, or do one of the online options. When you do that, God says, hey, you guys, test me. See that I won't pour out the blessings of heaven in ways like you can't imagine. You ready to receive that? Yes. Let's give thanks for tithes offering. Well, God's ready to bless you in a powerful way. Pastor Ken is coming to take us to the next lesson in this series as we open the Word of God and look at cathedrals and movies. Let's welcome Pastor Ken as he comes. plus years of service. Combat medals, citations. Only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last 40 years. Yet you can't get a promotion, you won't retire. Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. be at least a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are, Captain. Actually, sir, it's Pastor. Why is that? It's one of life's mysteries, sir. The end is inevitable. You're kind of set it for extinction. Maybe so, sir, but not today. All right. 
Here we go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Welcome to Cathedral at the Movies. It's great to see everybody. God is good. And all the time. Thanks so much for being here today. Whether you're here on site, out in the amphitheater, out in the parking lot, those watching online, it's so good to be with you as we're in this journey together, Cathedral at the Movies, where we're looking at some of the big movies of the year and thinking about themes and what the Bible has to say about those themes. Now, of course, one of the big movies of the year is Top Gun. And do you know the first Top Gun came out all the way back in 1986? That's 36 years ago, 36 years. Now, I know I have aged in the last 36 years, but Tom Cruise hasn't aged in the last 36 years, which goes to show you that life is just not fair. Although Tom and I do have one thing in common, not only actually two things, not only do we share uh, our good looks, but we also, we also both do our own stunts. Everybody's got to have a dream. Amen. <laughs> now, if you're not, if you haven't seen the movie, you're not familiar with the movie, it's, it's really Top Gun is the nickname for an actual fighter pilot school down in Southern California where they bring the best of the best and they work together and they compete against each other to see who can be the Top Gun. And here's what I'd like to suggest to you today. That in a sense, all of us have a top gun instinct. And it shows up in all kinds of ways. For example, over July 4th, you may have noticed that Nathan's hot dog eating contest, once again it took place, and once again, Joey Chestnut, who was from San Jose, ended up winning the contest. Now, Joey is a competitive eater. I like to eat, but I'm not a competitive eater. But he competes, and he's got all these world records, not just when it comes to eating hot dogs. For example, he's eaten 32 Big Macs in 38 minutes. He's eaten 80 tacos in eight minutes. He's eaten 121 Twinkies in six minutes. And this year he ate 63 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes, which won the contest, but was less than his world record last year, which was 76 hot dogs and buns. Does somebody have an Alka-Seltzer? <laughs> so when you look at Joe, you'd say, well, he's the top gun of competitive eating. But I'd like to suggest that somewhere inside of us, we all have this Top Gun instinct. The desire to be the starting quarterback or to finish at the top of the class or to be the first chair in the band or to be the head of your department or to be the employee of the month. Call it ambition. Call it desire. Call about this thirst for greatness, for my life to be significant. So the question is, what do we do with that ambition? Well, some religions of the world suggest that what we need to do is get rid of it. 
that it's the source of great evil in the world. And yet if you study human history, you'll find that much of the advancement and progress that we have made has been the result of ambition and desire. The desire to make a user-friendly computer. The desire to well, make the most effective or efficient electric car. Or the desire to make better and better medicines for our illnesses. Or the desire to make the very best telescope which can help us see all the way to the universe. So this ambition and this desire, it drives so much advancement in our culture. So the answer is not to do away with it, but the answer is not to let it run wild either. Because disordered ambition and disordered desire can indeed lead to all kind of evil. In fact, the Bible in James chapter four puts it this way. It says, do you know where your fights and arguments come from? They come from the selfish desires that make war inside of you. You want things, but you don't get them. So you kill and are jealous of others, but you still cannot get what you want. So you argue and fight. You don't get what you want because you don't ask God. Or when you ask, you don't receive anything because the reason you ask is wrong. You only, circle the word only, you only want to use it for your own pleasure. What do we do with ambition? We shouldn't get rid of it, but we shouldn't let it run wild either. Instead, it seems to me what we need to do is tame it. Pastor Use and Pastor Esther, our youth pastor team, they just celebrated their 25th wedding anniversary. Can we give it up for Pastor Use and Esther? They do such a great job leading our youth. And so for their 25th anniversary, they went with their kids to Utah. And while they were in Utah, they saw wild horses and their son used his drone to capture footage of these wild horses. They said it was amazing. Now I've read that wild Mustangs can run, well, 30 miles an hour. They're 800 pounds. They're full of muscle and rough hooves. And well, they say that if you wanna, if you can capture one and you go to tame it, there's four phases of the taming process. First, it's called the green broke phase. Then it's called the broke phase. Then it's called the well broke phase. And then it's called the dead broke phase. Now, when you say a horse is dead broke, it doesn't mean that his 401k just got emptied. <laughs> Instead, it means that he is so well-trained and safe to ride that anybody could get on his back. And in the same way, when we take our ambition and we let the power of the Holy Spirit tame it and harness it and then turn it loose, it's safe to ride that ambition and it will take us to where we need to go. So how does that happen? How do we do it? Well, let's look at the words of Jesus to find our way. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 10, the disciples get into an argument, and I call it a top gun argument. 
And the argument starts when two of the disciples come up to Jesus and they ask him a question. In Mark chapter 10, verse 37, we read this. Jesus, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right and the other on your left. Jesus, we know you need to be at the center. So we're not asking to be at the center. You stay in the center. All we want to do is be in the place of honor on your right and on your left. That's all. And it seems that their mother had put them up to this. In fact, in Matthew chapter 20, we discover that the mother was involved. And we can understand that because we know as parents how we love to see our kids receive honor. In fact, there's one bumper sticker that says, my child is an honor student. Of course, there's another bumper sticker that says, my kid beat up your honor student. <laughs> we know how parents are. And so here's this mom. She goes to Jesus with her two boys and says, Jesus, I'm not asking for the center. You are the center. All I'm asking for is for my sons. If one of them could be on your right and one of them can be on your left. Now notice that this mom is a believer. She has a high view of Jesus. She believes that there is gonna be a future kingdom. But even believers like her and like us, that whole ambition thing can get all mixed up on the inside of us. And what does Jesus do? Now it's interesting. Follow me closely on this because if you read it too fast, you're gonna miss it. Jesus doesn't rebuke them for wanting to be great. He sees that instinct on the inside of them. Instead, he's gonna show them how. He's gonna show them how to use that ambition in a positive way for a positive purpose and he gives them a program. If you wanna be great, I'll show you how. If you wanna be great in the sight of God, and can I ask you a question? Is there anything greater than that? To be great in the sight of Almighty God. Jesus says, I'll show you how. And we're gonna read his words, but I'm gonna invite you wherever you're at to stand with me, please, as we read the words of Jesus together. Let them speak to you afresh and new today. Can we read this out loud together? Jesus says, everyone, you've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around, how quickly a little power goes to their heads. It's not gonna be that way with you. Whoever wants to be great, must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not be served, and then to give his away his life in exchange for the many who held hostage. Can we give Jesus praise for his words? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for your word which shows us the way to life and to greatness. Speak to us today. Start with me. Let us follow you down that runway. For your name and for your glory, we pray this. All God's people said, 
Amen. Before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them, I see greatness inside of you. Go ahead and do that. I see greatness inside of you. I really do. Whoever wants to be great must be your servant, that the way up is down. Isn't that interesting? Top Gun greatness, it has to do with developing the heart of a servant, taking on the attitude of a servant, learning how to be a servant, that this is the pathway that leads to greatness. You were made for greatness. And when you take that instinct and you use it in a positive way for a positive purpose, you're on your way to becoming great. There was once a group of tourists who were walking through a small village and uh, they saw an older man sitting on, on a fence. And one of the tourists asked the man, he said, were any great men born in this town? And the old man said, no, only babies were born in this town. <laughs> and he made a very important point that you're born with the potential of greatness. But greatness is really something you become. But the great thing about greatness is it's within your reach. Greatness in the best kind of way. Greatness in the sight of God. And let me ask you a question one more time. At the end of the day, being great in the sight of God, what could be better than that? And it's within your reach today, amen. Yeah, let's give him praise. It's within our reach. It's within our reach. Boy, if I could, if I just had a football. Pastor Mike has a football. Can I borrow that? Thank you so much, Pastor Mike. How about, let's give it up for Pastor Mike. Yeah. Now, ever since I was a kid, I love sports. I really do. And I, I think it would be so cool. I mean, God called me to be a pastor, and I love being a pastor, but if I wasn't a pastor, you'd say, what, was your, what would be your dream job? It would be catching passes as a wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders. Everybody's got to have a dream, amen, in the National Football League. But the reality is, for you and I, not everybody can be great in sports. Not everybody can be great in music. Not everybody can be great in business or in politics, but greatness in the best kind of way, greatness in the sight of God, and let me ask you one more time, at the end of our lives, at the end of the day, what could be greater than that? It's within your reach. Dr. Martin Luther King, I love how he put it. He said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. Yeah, isn't that a great statement? I love it. So cathedral family and friends, all those who are watching online, I'm inviting you to reach out and take hold of that greatness today as you begin to reach out and think about that kind of greatness, what we do is we take the position and power we have. We all have a top gun rank. Every one of us have position and power and we take what we have and we use it as a platform to serve. I heard about this one little boy, he got home late from school and he asked the teacher, or I mean, I'm sorry, his mom 
asked him why he was late. What took you so long? And he said, it's not my fault. It was the crossing guard's fault. You remember the crossing guards? And he said, the crossing guard is in sixth grade. And he made, he's a sixth grader, and he made me wait. He made me wait till a car came so that he could go out and stop it. <laughs> and that's why I was late. Give him a little position and power. And it went to his head. And we all know how that works. We've seen it happen. You give someone position and power and it goes to their heads. And before you know it, they're using it to push people around. You know, using it only for their own interest, only for their own needs. Not interested in others as well. There was a, a study that was done that I found interesting. What they did is they took a group of people and they all had them play Monopoly. You know the game Monopoly? And they played against each other. There were only two players that would play against each other. But at the start of the game, they give one person a wad of cash and two dice. But the other person, they give half that cash and only one dice. And the craziest thing happened as they played. That the high status person with all the cash and the two dice, eventually they started leaning over the board more. And then they started making less eye contact with the other player. And then they started taking liberty and move the other person's token around. And then when they moved their token around, they made more noise as they were moving around the board. I mean, everybody knew it was just an experiment, but just in a short amount of time, a little power and position, it went to their heads. And they're pushing people around the board. All of us have position and power. And we all know what it's like to have that tendency to use our position and power to move other people around the board. All of us are susceptible. So what do we do? We don't deny the position and power that we have. God has given you position and God has given you power. Can somebody say amen to that? And when God gives you position and power, don't deny it. Jesus, he knew who he was. He had the ultimate position and the ultimate power. He was the king, not just a king. He was the king, the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He knew who he was. But instead of using that position and power to push people around the board, look at what Jesus does. In John 13, it says this. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything. That he came from God and was on his way back to God. So what does he do? He gets up from the supper table, sets aside his robe, puts on an apron, and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And what Jesus does today is he invites us to take our position and our power and use it as a platform to serve and follow him down the runway to greatness. How do we get started on that? What would that look like for you? Here's a few thoughts to help us get down that runway. First of all, Look for ways that you can put others first. Put others first. 
I saw these two cats who were trying to get out the door at the same time. One said, me first, and the other one said, no, me. Me first. Would you say that with me? Me. Say it again. Me first. Here's the cathedral challenge for the week. Take one day. You can do anything for one day. But for that day, instead of saying me first, shift it to saying you first. You first. Say that with me. You first. That all that day you're going to look to put others first. It may mean let, letting somebody else decide what movie you're going to watch or letting someone else have the front seat in the car or picking up the tab for dinner with a friend or opening another door for a person at the mall. Or if you really want to go out on the edge on your way out the parking lot today, let somebody else go first. <laughs> now you're pushing it, Ken. There's an actress by the name of Amy Adams, and I was reading that a while back, she got into a plane, she bought a first-class ticket, but she saw a soldier who was sitting in coach, and so she went up to the stewardess, and she asked if they could, she wanted to do it anonymously, but she wanted to change places with that soldier so that he could take her first-class seat, and she would move back to coach, and that's what happened. The soldier came up to first class. He didn't know how he got there, but he was glad he was there. And she wanted to keep it quiet, but you know, in Hollywood, things always leak out. And when she was interviewed about it, here's what Amy Adams said. She said, I didn't do it for attention for myself. I did it for attention for the troops. Isn't that great? What would it look like for one day, one day, Instead of saying me first, I'm gonna say you first. Philippians chapter two, verse three says, in whatever you do, whatever you do, don't let selfishness be or pride be your guide, but be humble and honor others more than yourselves. So that's one idea, put others first. Here's another idea, help others succeed. Help others succeed. I mentioned that I, I love sports and I especially love football. And guys, did you notice football season is back? Yes, it is. I saw one husband who said to his wife, he said this. He said, honey, do you have anything to say before football season starts? <laughs> now, I'm not that bad. I don't think I'm that bad. But I do enjoy watching football. And the thing about football is that everybody on that team, they're trying to make the team. And they want to succeed, but the really great players, they do something else. Not only are they great, but they help everyone around them to be better. That they don't have to score all the touchdowns. That they can make a block, they can set a screen, they can be a decoy and help someone else shine as well. And so here's the question, how can I make somebody else better? How can I get excited about making someone else successful that I don't have to catch all the touchdown passes myself? Perhaps it's mentoring someone who's struggling and in class or sending the note, sending the boss a note that praises a coworker or discipling, discipling a friend who is a young in the faith or supporting my wife and watching the kids so that she can go after her dream. Get excited about making somebody else successful. I love the sign that Dr. Wayne, 
uh, my buddy Dr. Wayne has on his door at work. It says, your potential is my mission. Your potential is my mission. Philippians chapter two, verse four, puts it this way. It says, each of you should be concerned not only about your own interests, but about the interest of others as well. Who can I help succeed? And then finally, find a way to serve in ministry. Find a way to serve in ministry. Find out what your gifts are, what your passion is, and then find a space, create a space and find a place to use those gifts and fulfill that passion. They did a national survey uh, some time ago and 92% of the people in that survey, these were, this was uh, believers, said that when they were involved in serving, regular serving, that it helped them significantly to grow spiritually. In fact, 63% said that it helped them to grow spiritually just as much as Bible study and prayer. The power of serving others to be a growth, for, to be a tool for your spiritual growth. Now, COVID tried to take away that tool, but Cathedral of Faith, we are on our way back. Can somebody say amen to that? We're on our way back. And so finding ways where we can serve each other, the Bible says this in Ephesians, or 1 Peter chapter four, God has given each of you, each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Now, in just a few weeks, you're gonna get the, the uh, Connect brochure brochure for the fall with lots of opportunities on it. But today I thought we would talk to our children's ministry, find out what's happening over there. But instead of them coming over here, we decided to go over there. And so Anquisha, are you over there in our children's ministry? Hi, Pastor Ken, I am. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Anquisha, you're one of the leaders along with Diane Mancari in the children's program. When you've been working with the kids, what, what's been the rewarding thing for you, the benefit for you as you've worked with the kids? Well, the benefit, not only do I get to work with kids 24-7, who doesn't want to do that? The benefit is just investing in their lives, getting the creative um, juices flowing, um, investing what God has for them so they can take it into their next generation for the kingdom of God. That's awesome, Anquisha. We appreciate, yeah, let's give God praise for Anquisha and all the team over there. Nothing more important. And Anquisha, I know you and Diane are super creative. Tell us about what some of the programs are for the kids. Ooh, I don't know if we have enough time to explain everything, but just a little. We have choir, we have dance, we have worship team, we have the media team where we teach the kids how to invest on the soundboards and how to do PowerPoints and things like that for service. We also have the, um, the rap team where we go deeper into God's word by just going into lessons about what God really is and how the kids just take over the questions in the class at that point. So we have a lot of things, not only for elementary, but for nursery and also for the preschool as well. Well, Anquisha, if, if people are interested, maybe God's dropped into their heart that they want to serve the kids. I mean, do they need any kind of uh, special qualifications in order to serve our kids here at the church? Well, I always say you must love kids, okay? That's the first thing. If you don't love kids, I don't know. I don't know if I can help you or God or pray, pray about that. But you have to have that 
push, that drive, that willingness to serve kids and also to know the importance of it to bring the word of God in any way possible because they're, they're our next generation. They're going to take this out for people to see, and we just have to invest, invest the right way. So, yeah. Thank you, Anquisha. Oh, thank you. We're so grateful. Anquisha, can you still hear me? I can still hear you. Is it all right? The kids at that table, can they come over and join you? And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, come we want to cheer kids. them on. <laughs> come on over. Come on over. <laughs> all right. How about let's give it up for the kids of Cathedral of Faith and Anquisha and Diane. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. That's fantastic. Thank you, Inquisha. Thank you. <laughs> Jessica Johnson's getting ready to come out and sing a song, and it really is a song I believe Jesus is gonna ride in on and meet you in this moment. But before she does, I wanna, I wanna do something that's a little different. I wanna read a quote. Now, I found this quote when I discovered that, uh, that the Pope had done a TED Talk. Now, I didn't know popes did TED Talks, but this pope had done a TED Talk, and there was one section about something he said that I thought was so powerful, it would be a great way to cap the sermon today. So here's what he said. He said, the more powerful you are, the more your actions will have an impact on people. The more responsible you are to act humbly. If you don't, your power will ruin you and will ruin the other. There's a saying in Argentina, power is like drinking gin on an empty stomach. You feel dizzy, you get drunk, you lose your balance, and you will end up hurting yourself and those around you if you don't connect your power with humility and tenderness. Through Christ-like humility and concrete love, on the other hand, power, the highest and the strongest one, becomes a service and a force for good. A force for good down that runway to greatness, becoming a force for good in our world to glorify God and all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God praise, amen, hallelujah. I'm gonna invite you, if you would, if you'd stand with me please and take the elements. We're getting ready to receive communion. Jesus, we come to you today and we recognize it. Without the power of your Holy Spirit animating us, being the engine for us, that we can't get off the ground when it comes to ambition and desire and serving others. But God, we take who we are and what we have, our position and power, we surrender to you. And we pray that this week we would lean more into the way of life that you have shown us, the pathway of true greatness. Let us serve in our homes, at work, in the neighborhood. Jesus, let us follow you down that runway, taking off. We can sense us soaring to higher heights this week. It's in your name and for your glory. Amen and amen and amen. Jessica is going to come out and sing, open your heart up to Jesus and what he wants to do in your life in this moment. I speak the name of Jesus over you in your hurting, in 
Thank you for inviting us to your table. And as we eat the bread of Christ today, we eat in faith, receiving the blessing that you have for us. Let's eat of the bread of Christ together. And Jesus, we thank you for shedding your blood. You gave your life for us. And as we drink of the cup of Christ today, we drink in faith, receiving the blessing and the life that we find in you. Let's drink of the cup of Christ together. 
And now I invite you to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. It's the most important prayer we'll ever pray. Mean it with all your heart, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Can we give God praise? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Cathedral, God is good. And all the time. And I see greatness in this room today. Amen. Well, just a couple of quick things before I dismiss you. Uh, first of all, if you need further prayer, our team will be down here out at the amphitheater to pray with you and for you right after service. And then if you don't have to run off too quickly, uh, we've got a photo booth in the lobby. Go by, take a picture. I'll be out at the Walk of Faith. And we also have food trucks outside. They've got tacos, snow cones. It's a beautiful day. Enjoy the connection. And then next week, we continue the series. And just as a warning, there may be dinosaurs here next week. Not just me, the dinosaur, but other dinosaurs too. So who knows? I love our cathedral family. And on your way out, remember this, on your way out, I said, no, me first. No, 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 you go first. Go ahead. So wait, me first? No. You, wouldn't it be great if we had a big traffic jam in the back because everybody was saying, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. Wouldn't that be awesome? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, may you take off toward greatness. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. All God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go.